You're listening to Blessed, Living the Good Life According to Jesus, a study of the Beatitudes. For more information, visit our website at crosspointptc.com. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Today's service is going to be a little different uh, than the services that are normally held here. Um, So if this is your first time, this is not normal. Uh, This is the opposite of normal, but we wanted to do something interesting today to really kind of dig into the context of what Jesus is talking about with this darkness and light, and so it's going to get pretty dark in here for a little while, so if you have children, you'll want to take them to Crosspoint Kids, our children's ministry in there, if they are afraid of the dark. Uh, If you're an adult who's afraid of the dark, you can also go hang out in (laughs) our kids' ministry and, you know, sing some songs or whatever, Uh, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Also, you are going to be tempted to hit the eject button, and the way that you're going to be tempted to do that is through this. You're going to peek at the time. You're going to tell yourself that picture on that home screen isn't that bright. I just want to see what's going on, get my, my NBA updates. Resist that temptation. Sit in it. Listen. Um, and, and we'll plow together as we finish our blessed series with Jesus' sermon about how we are the light of the world and what that means. So if you'll bow your heads, we'll pray. God, we love you, and we thank you for your grace we thank you for your, your mercy and, and just all that you have done for us, Jesus. Um, today is about you, Christ. Today is not about us. And as we sit in the darkness uh, this morning, Lord, uh, may we be reminded of the spiritual state of those we love uh, dearly um, who do not know you, Christ, and who need your love and your mercy. And I pray that as we live our lives this week as we celebrate your birth and uh, all that it entails, Jesus, that you would be made much of, Christ. And we pray uh, that our friends and our neighbors and the people that we love most would come to know you, Jesus. We love you, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. When I was little... Um, I was scared of the dark. Maybe uh, those of you here can relate to that. Um, there wasn't really <clears throat> a reason to be scared of the dark. Um, you know, uh, we lived in Maryland on this huge farmhouse, and it was on a huge hill with fields and animals, and um, it was really incredible. And it was a three-story farmhouse, actually four if you count the basement and the cellar. Um, but when I was a little boy, I would, I would get up and I'd turn the overhead light on, um, and, and it would illuminate the entire room, and I would feel better because I was finally able to fall asleep without the darkness. And, 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 and even further on in my youth, I remember sleeping in the auction house uh, at my grandparents' farm in Ohio, and me and my dad had to sleep in the auction house because there wasn't any room in the main house, and, and so the auction house was filled with great memories. There's an old cuckoo clock in the kitchen that would go off on the hour, and uh, before they quit smoking, my grandpa, uh, my papa would smoke a pipe, so even to this day, the auction house smells of a rich cherry tobacco flavor, and I remember laying in <clears throat> the bedroom 
on the floor in my own sleeping bag next to my dad in his sleeping bag, and the storm was pounding branches against the house, and I was just terrified because of the darkness. So I would get close to my dad, and I remember sweating profusely because I was so hot from not only the sleeping bag but my own fear uh, and all the things that I was imagining in my mind that were around. Um, And even now as a 32-year-old man, my youngest daughter, Sunday, has her big girl bed, and she's two. And so in the middle of the night, she's not supposed to get up, but she got up and pounded on our door. Uh, and, it, and I jumped, and I was like, what is that noise? And it turned out to be her, and it was fine. But that was um, just scary, not because of the circumstance, but because of the darkness. But my fear in the darkness wasn't necessarily the darkness itself, but what the darkness was possibly concealing. Uh, for instance, some of you might be a little scared right now because it continues to be dark. You uh, are in the house of God. You're surrounded by men and women who love Jesus, and you're hearing the word of God taught. There's often no reason to fear the dark itself because the dark itself isn't inherently bad. In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. And that was the first day. Genesis 1 tells us that the Spirit of God hovered over that darkness that was there. And then God separated the light and the darkness. Everything was right in that moment. God was there. He was creating what would become the world and the things he would create, he would call good. He didn't condemn the darkness. He named it night. And from that separation came the gifts we know as morning and evening. You don't get sunsets or sunrises without both light and darkness. The darkness we fear so much and the darkness Jesus came to overcome with his light is the spiritual darkness that fractured creation when the first human sinned. You see, God created everything in the beginning. Everything was perfect. Uh, Nothing was wrong. Humans lived in harmony with God and creation, but then the humanity that was in uh, the persons of Adam and Eve, our first parents, sinned and disobeyed God, and because they disobeyed God, sin entered the world and fractured this creation. And so God, in his love and mercy, sent Jesus to make all of that right. He lived the perfect life that we can't live. He died the death we should have died. He rose again three days later, conquering sin, conquering death, and reconciling us back to the Father for his glory and our good. And that's what God has been doing since we sinned. He's been bringing light into this dark world. So the fact of the matter is the entire world is in spiritual darkness And Jesus and his followers are the light that is breaking through. A big problem is, though, that a lot of people love their spiritual darkness. This is why it is so hard to share the gospel with some people. Um, John 3 says this, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. You see, when the light enters a dark place, it not only eliminates the darkness, it also exposes what is being done in the darkness. This is why it's so difficult to respond well when people point out 
our unrepentant sin. Uh, whenever we are uh, in sin, it seems that we know we are in sin. We are actively doing whatever it is we're doing, but we only get frustrated and hostile when someone points it out and says, that is wrong. I remember counseling uh, a young man um, who was uh, cheating on his wife, and, and, and I said, what you're doing is wrong. And he said, I know it's wrong, but I like it. And, and he just became frustrated and hostile. I mean, it, it could be any number of sins uh, that, that, that we live in, but once they are exposed, we are frustrated. And, and it's because our sin is exposed. It's because light has been brought into the darkness that exists in our lives. And so the world <clears throat> loves its evil deeds and will do anything to continue in them. Uh, this is why we get frustrated when people point out our sexual promiscuity. Maybe you live with your boyfriend or girlfriend or you're having premarital sex outside of marriage. You know what you are doing is wrong, but it only makes you mad and frustrated when I say it from the stage or when someone in your life points it out. Maybe you drink too much. I don't know what it is. You could insert anything in there. You're okay doing it while you're doing it, even though you know it's wrong. But once light is brought to that darkness, we lose ourselves. And that's because the world loves its evil deeds. And, and apart from Christ, we have loved our evil deeds, and we will do anything to continue in them. And Shakespeare's famous uh, play, Lady Macbeth, spoke in this way as she plotted to kill, saying, Come, thick night, and pall thee in the dunnest smoke of hell, that my keep knife not, see not the wound it makes, nor heaven peep through the blanket of dark. We want to conceal what we are doing that is wrong. But Jesus came to bring spiritual light into this darkness, to eliminate it forever. Jesus said this in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Jesus brings us from death to life, we not only reflect his light like the moon does the sun, but we are his light. Paul tells us this in Ephesians 5, he says, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And Jesus continues his sermon telling people and telling us today that we are the light of the world. Not that we will become the light of the world as we grow in spiritual maturity or that our light will become brighter as we do more good things. No, he says we are the light of the world. As Christians, that's who we are. That's our identity. We don't earn it or get better at it. It's who we are. Jesus compares us to a city on a hill saying it's impossible to hide something like that. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, the famous uh, theologian, says, The true Christian cannot be hid, and he cannot escape notice. A man truly living and functioning as a Christian will stand out. Which begs the question for us today, do I stand out? Well, do you? Do you stand out in your home? Do you stand out in your workplace? Do you stand out at your school? Not because you're loud or drawing attention to yourself in some way, but rather because you love Jesus? Does anybody even know you love Jesus? If we don't stand out, how then can we call ourselves Christians? The city on a hill would be well lit. It would be a welcoming place of warmth and safety. 
to the people traveling in the dark? Are you welcoming? Do people come to you because they know they will be safe around you? Do you have that draw, that light that only Jesus can give? Or if you were a city today, would travelers just pass right on by because there's no light in you? There's no light beckoning them to come closer. Jesus continues saying that no one puts a lamp under a basket, but rather sets it out on a stand to light the whole house. You see, Jesus is preaching at a time where there's no electricity. They would light a lamp and set it in a strategic place in the room to light the whole house. That's why this metaphor is so powerful to his listeners. And when we understand that piece of contextual information, it becomes powerful to us as we hear it because many of us have entered a dark room we've never been in before. Maybe on vacation or out of a relative's house and we have fumbled around the wall or room to turn on the light or the lamp and when we turn it on, the room doesn't look how we thought it would in our imagination. This morning is the same way. Some of you have had a certain perception of me on stage uh, giving this sermon uh, in the dark. But I haven't been on stage at all. You see, the darkness skews our perception. And this is why Jesus came, to bring light and to give light so that humanity didn't continue to walk around with their perception skewed. Jesus brought light into the darkness to expose sin and good deeds so that God the Father would be glorified. Jesus continues by saying this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The word Jesus uses for good works is kalos, which Kent Hughes tells us carries the idea of attractiveness or beauty rather than the more common agathos, which means good and quality. So when our lights shine for the name of Jesus, the people around us, what he's saying, get to see how beautiful the work of Christ is. It is hard to see the beauty of Christ in the dark, but in the light, it's crystal clear. My prayer is that the light of Peachtree City would continue to grow, that we would see more people come to Jesus. We baptized nine people this year. Nine people have brought light to Peachtree City. And as we continue to see people saved, the light in Peachtree City grows. What if we saw nine more people saved in the next six months here? The light of Christ would increase. What if we saw families come from Huddleston Elementary School to Cross Point and and get saved, and we see dads baptize moms, and moms baptize kids, and older brothers baptize younger brothers, the light of Jesus would increase. And so if you're a Christian today, what if you brought your unbelieving mom or your unbelieving dad, your unbelieving child, and they got saved by Jesus? The light would increase. If you're not a Christian today, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus today, he will save you. You see, as we walk in the light 
people begin to see the world and sin for what it is, and more so they begin to see Jesus for who he is and what he's done by the beauty of his gospel and the work he is doing in our lives. And my prayer this morning is that if you don't know Jesus, that you would follow him and that you would become light in Peachtree City. That the darkness that is your corner of the world, in your house or in your school or in your workplace, would all of a sudden be illuminated and everything would be exposed for the glory of Christ and your good and for the good of the people who are still residing in that darkness. And that if you're a Christian today, you would heed the words of your Lord and know that you are the light of the world and that you are commanded to let your light shine before others for the glory of God and the good of people in Peachtree City. It's not a suggestion Jesus is making. We got Coach Walker here from a pretty little good football team. I always talk about you when you come here, Coach. Coach doesn't suggest to the quarterbacks to throw touchdowns to wide receivers. Hey, guys, if you feel like it, and throw a couple touchdowns. No, that man is screaming. He's got them by their face masks, and he's telling them, throw touchdowns, score points, win the game. That's what Jesus is doing to us. He's got us by our face masks. He's saying, let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't be dim. Don't continue to let the darkness continue where you are. Emanate. And you're not going to emanate because you're awesome. You're not going to emanate because you know all the right things or you know how to say all the right things. You're going to emanate simply because you love Jesus. And because you love Jesus, your life is just going to unfold in a natural way that people are going to go, I'm starting to see things I never saw before. And so that's what Jesus is getting at as we finish today, is that if you're a Christian, let your light shine. And if you're not a Christian today, my prayer is that you would see the light and that you come to put your faith in Jesus this morning. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about this message, visit us at crosspointptc.com. There you can contact us, find further resources and directions to our gatherings. That's C-R-O-S-S. P-O-I-N-T-E-P-T-C dot com.